Hi, this is Al Fuentes. Welcome to the Self-Empowerment Experience. Join me and my guests on a journey of their stories of their lives and how they have found themselves, found empowerment through everyday life. It's inspiring, it's uplifting, it's exciting. People from all walks of life come on the program to share their tools, their resources, their insights, so that you may benefit from them. Thank you for stopping by and tuning in. Welcome to the self-empowerment experience. Lisa Liu is my guest, and it is pronounced Liu. Yeah. Um, thank you for making the flight from L.A. Oh, thank you for inviting me out to your, <laughs> your dream home. Ah, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's been very beautiful. Um, it's really nice having you. It's been a while since we've seen each other. We were just kind of figuring that out, like 2016, right? It's been a long time since before we... you started traveling the world. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's been yeah. quite a while. Um, I'm really excited because there's so much for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some stories in your journey from a kid through even Juilliard and yeah. all the way to where you're at now. And there's a lot of magic along the way and there's a lot of growth that mm-hmm. to share. And, and really, I just wanted to, to, to have a chance to speak with you and connect with you and, and really feel this experience um, and share with people uh, your story because you're now a pretty big player in, in, in the music world and especially in LA and even starting to compose for Hollywood and, mm-hmm. and some of the things that you're doing. So, but where you're at now is definitely not how you started. No. <laughs> so how, how does that look for you? Um, and you can start wherever you want. Juilliard, you can start a little bit before that. What, where does your journey really start? Um, probably in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> Technically think, that's true for everyone. I don't know how far back. Uh, well, I mean, being a Chinese person, I'm pretty sure my journey, my, my parents and my, my dad impregnated my mother with like, this child will go to Ju- Juilliard <laughs> if she comes out female. Um, yeah, but that's a real thing, right? That's a real thing. My mom went to Juilliard and it was just like, my, my brother either had to be a doctor or a lawyer and I was going to be this artist. Mm. And so up growing up, it was just like the struggle. Like, is this really what I want to do? Or am I just my parents' identity? Like what they wanted. And my mom living vicariously through me, you know, bringing me to Juilliard pre-college. Um, she was she was different in that respect. Instead of sitting with all the other Asian parents, comparing kids and with the passive-aggressive, um, oh, your kid is just, you know, so much more talented than mine. I mean, all that all that bullshit. My mom went and taught lessons and seemed like she was staying out of my way, um, but not really. I think she was just staying out of the other parents' way. Right. <laughs> now, that, was she a violinist as well? She, she, she was also a violinist. She played in National Taiwan University, but just being extremely talented, was also an, an opera singer. She had an amazing solo career. She went to Milan Conservatory, Juilliard, um, my parents met in Taiwan, so my dad also, I mean, his story is incredible. He came over on a cargo ship, like a 30-day cargo ship with $2 in his pocket and lived in the backseat of a car, getting himself through graduate school in, in another language. Um, he's brilliant, just, and taking care of my mom. You know, my dad was working, there's stories of him working on a farm, 
um, working in restaurants, you know, cleaning dishes just to get himself through college. And he told me he was reading just the other day, at least maybe one or two books a day wow. just to learn English and get a doctorate at, at Claremont co Colleges, which yeah. is a really prestigious yeah. school. It's a very tough school, actually. Um, so my mom... You know, in yeah. all our time, I don't think I've known either of those two stories. Uh, not not yeah, necessarily... Not. Uh, we've talked about your mom before and, and, yeah. and some of her music background, but not as depth as in-depth or even your dad. Yeah. The, like, this is amazing. They go... I mean, their, their history is just astonishing. And the determination of them wanting to move to this country to raise kids and give us a better life. Mm. Um, and, and just, we were reminded of that daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Like, hey, daily. we moved here. We sacrificed. Spoiled little entitled brats. You have no idea. I'm like, no, we don't know because... <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do it. No. That was the thing, too, with my father. And, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but my father floated over on an inner tube oh. from Cuba when he was 17 by himself. Oh, my God. And so he's, you know, there's a bunch of other people doing, like, getting ready to make this journey and embark. Yeah. And I think Castro had been in power for a couple of years and he was kind of looking at the landscape. He's like, I'm out. And so he floats over on an inner tube from Cuba with five gallons of water and just trusts that he'll make it. And he did see people dying around him. And then he, he yeah. gets to the U.S. and he's in that kind of caged where they just threw all the Cubans because now there's all these political refugees and they don't know yeah. what to do with them in Miami, right? They, they're right. just doing the best they can. And so, and then he makes his way. But Really, the moral of the story goes back yeah. to what you said is there was nothing that I experienced that was ever going to be as tough yeah. as what he ever experienced. Yeah. And so the level of um, intensity that was kind of put on me and the level of uh, strictness and like pressure. And the expectation. Yeah. Like what, like what we, our parents have done is truly extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, those are survival stories. Yeah. You know, I mean, they were struggling on, uh, they, in a different language. They just, we can't even fathom that sort right. of struggle that they went through to get here. So what was that pressure like for you? I know verbally they were like, you guys, you know, we've sacrificed everything. But growing up. I think, I, I don't, I, you know, looking back, I don't know if I tried to get myself into some situations to try <laughs> to get out of them, to experience some sort of, any sort of struggle or anything. Uh you know, the whole artist's starvation struggle. I didn't have that because my parents just worked so hard to provide for me. Mm. And they didn't want me to work as a child. They wanted me to just practice. And perform. But without that sort of internal struggle, I didn't have a story. Like, I didn't have anything. So I think I went out and just tried to cause trouble and create those stories. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, looking back on it, I, I was just like, I can't just grow up and this perfect little thing because you know I have to have my own I have to have my own passage yeah there's there's a little bit of that but I mean yeah. knowing you and we've been working together for actually a long time since what 2014 yeah 13 13 yeah okay and in that time you've seen me cause a lot of <laughs> my own struggles <laughs> yeah but think about this though and, and for people out there like you're the you said Specifically, it's almost as if you were a girl, you were definitely going to Juilliard. And this family that you have to follow, whether it's your dad and, and coming over on a boat and figuring it out and finding success. Yeah. And you, like, that's just a given. Like, you're going to have to create success. You're just going to yeah. have to be successful. 
And then with that identity of being a violinist, right. whose identity was that? Which is what you said. You're like, you know, I think that my mom was vicariously living through me. And yeah. so part of like the pain and struggle that mm-hmm. you were creating for yourself was also part of you trying to figure out, well, who am I? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So that's a pretty intense experience to fight what you believe isn't your story, mm-hmm. but the story that's being put on you. Right. You have to go to Juilliard. You have to be successful. This violinist, you have to have this amazing career. At what point, especially let's talk Juilliard now, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just in general, I think if people hear Juilliard, it's such a prestigious place. Yeah. Like getting in there. How was that? Well, that's the thing when it's an expectation of you when you're in the womb and I, I and looking back it's just I think it's an Asian cultural thing you hear about tiger mom I just feel like we our parents we're part of our parents plan like whatever they've achieved and whatever they want for their own lives like I'm just a product of my parents and if I don't get into Juilliard I don't if I'm not number one at whatever um, I'm just a disappointment like I'm constant disappointment And to just sort of live through that lens my entire childhood, not blaming my parents by any means Mm -hmm. because they did the best they could. And they only know what they know. They know what they know. Um, So it's it's just something that I think a lot of Asian women really have to work through. It's just we're just is how do we separate ourselves from the identity of that our parents just put upon us Mm. um, whatever their hopes and dreams were as as immigrants. Um, Mm. And I luckily absolutely loved the violin. I love piano. I love music. And I don't know if it was because they kept playing operas, you know, at me in the womb. <laughs> right. Um, it was constant. Like, I remember 4.30 a.m. I would wake up in high school, go for a jog, do my homework. My mom would make me watch videos of famous violinists and pianists and it, it, hours before I would go to uh, high school. Yeah. And just come home. It was just full immersion. Yeah. And was I, maybe I'm brainwashed. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about right now. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I think you have a very clear talk track. And yeah. because this one, the disappointment, like feeling like no matter what, the question is, yeah. am I a disappointment? Yeah. And there's been part of that for you. Like no matter what you've been able to do, there's been this kind of shadow yeah. always questioning, right. am I a disappointment? And, and if I'm I not doing what my parents wanted, am I being rebellious? And then I'm still reacting to what I think my parents projected onto me. Right. So either way, there's still the source of either my my identity, my success, or or rebellion. And I I I've worked so hard to you know be my own self. Right. As you know, but I'm that, still working. That situation's a no-win situation either way. It's a no-win. Like. At that time as a kid, you either conform Mm -hmm. and you do what you're supposed to do and you figure it out and you become successful, which is a ton of pressure, or you rebel and then you may be experiencing some self-expression, but at the same time, there's still pain and suffering because you're eating yourself up now because you're just, and and the parents are then really giving you a hard time. And am I just a major screw up because I I went to Juilliard, I did not... (laughs) Get into an orchestra. I didn't try, by the way. <laughs> but I didn't... What is that track? You, the, like, the what track, was the plan originally? I think the idea for any anybody is uh, go to Juilliard, become a soloist, which just isn't realistic. Like, mm. Name one famous classical 
soloist. Yeah. Seriously, like I don't think anybody who doesn't, and I'm in the community and I really can't probably name even 10 classical soloists who are, I I just can't, who are are successful and making an amazing living at it. at the time my mom was at Juilliard, she, there was the, there was the culture. Yeah. There was like Horowitz, there was a Heifetz, there was you know, Pavarotti. Um, and music was different back then. And, exactly. and the appreciation of music was different mm-hmm. back then. We just don't have that now. Yeah. So if the sol- okay, not being a soloist, I was already a failure. And I had to keep explaining it. Like there just isn't, there's very few people who are making it and they're really not making it as much as you think they are mm-hmm. behind closed doors. And then mm-hmm. if not that, then I had to be in a symphony. Right. And that to me is just as a musician, the most miserable thing I could, I have respect for me, musicians. I'm not, <laughs> I don't want any. Uh, We're talking about individual identity. Yeah. And what you're talking about is for some people, a symphony is exactly where they feel home. Yeah. And there, everyone has their own place, but right. why it felt miserable for you wasn't because it's not a great opportunity or yeah. a great experience. It just wasn't your experience because you're such a free spirit. Yeah. I think, as, especially as a violinist, you have to understand in a symphony, I'm playing the exact same part as, you know, 20, 40 violinists next to me. To me, it's like an assembly line. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that I'm creating at all. However, if I were maybe a wind player, I would have a different experience where I get to, you know, play a oboe solo or something mm-hmm. in a symphony and you're featured. Here, I just, I always felt like I wanted to, to have my own voice. Yeah. And, and that doesn't provide that. It doesn't provide that for me. And for some people, that system is exactly where they want to be, and yeah. it's beautiful, and for others, it's not. Right. I want to talk about, so, okay, so let's just keep on this, because you were a disappointment because you didn't make a solo just- career. Disappointment, didn't get in the symphony. And you didn't get into the symphony. or you Because you didn't try, though. That's I clear. Didn't so that's, we didn't, you didn't even try. Then what? Like, so then what do you do? the next thing was my dad, as an educator, uh, so after becoming an immigrant, he's brilliant. He became a political science professor and then a dean of a state university for, for years, which is, at his time, was there weren't too many Asian people in, that, in a very high as position. As a figurehead. Absolutely. So his... His idea for me was like, okay, you won't do these things. You need to get your doctorate in music, which to me, again, not inter- <laughs> for my path, seemed completely unnecessary. Because again, it locks you into uh, some conforming space, yeah. especially in university setting, which yeah. I used to work for a university, so I know what that's like, right. versus free spirit space, creation space, yeah. being big in a different way. Yeah. So I, I ended up, I was at Julia for nine years. Um, I got three degrees there. I ended up just so my parents would shut up. <laughs> bought into NYU because they had the only, I was like, if I'm going to do a doctorate, they had the only doctorate program that was in music and not performance, which means I could take classes on anthropolo- anthropology and other things that were really interesting. Um, I ghosted NYU. I just kind of stopped showing up one day <laughs> after tons of debt, which I still have to. That's a whole Navigate. other thing. Okay. Um, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not doing this. Like, yeah. what am I doing? <laughs> At least you stopped the bleeding early with the death thing. The bleeding. Oh my God. It's, <clears throat> yes. So then what? What did you do then? I, I started playing in bands, which just complete opposite. It's like the stuff that you don't, it's like the, the bad stuff when you're, if you're classically trained and you're, you're like literally 
the cream of the crop in, in just getting into Juilliard yeah. is that. And then you did really well at Juilliard, right? I think, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you had some a lot of fun in Juilliard. I had a lot of fun. I excelled at the fun, I'd put it yeah. that way. <laughs> and that was part of the rebellion too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But... To go from that to whatever band, what was the first band? Oh God, I, it was some project that I actually saw like a little ad at, at, at Juilliard Hallway for an album for the Pope. So this must be 2001. Uh, it's called Project for the Pope for the Pope, and they had like Britney Spears and Aerosmith and a bunch of these pop stars at the time who were recording words of prayer for the Pope. And so I was like, I'm going to go show up to a, a record studio. Like, what is this? And they wanted me to improvise, which freaked me out. Because mm. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I, what do you mean there are At no notes? At this point, you're a robot. Total robot. Because Juilliard, you, you do this, you follow these notes, yeah. you follow this you sheet. You don't think for yourself. Like, no. what is that? So what happened? <laughs> they gave me, they introduced me to Patron. Oh. Yeah, that's my introduction to improvising and tequila. Wow. And what did that do for you? <laughs> really? It worked, Did I think. It? I mean, I, if I listen to it now, I'd probably be horrified. But <laughs> at the time, it was like, okay, I'm, there are notes coming out of my brain, into out of my fingers that have not been written. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I so I had to figure out what that connection was. That took me years. Yeah. I mean, that was just like a seed that was planted. We we actually have done a lot of that. You, we have done that. That and that when I started working with you is when it actually really, like, I was able to tap into that side of the brain mm. and create freely and not feel like it, it there were these rules all these right. rules i had to learn in school and without alcohol without alcohol <laughs> i still love the alcohol but yeah it's not it's not necessary it's just different so this is a really really big deal because there's i mean when you speak to and just to paint a picture for people that's a little bit bigger um the tiger mom mm-hmm. that's a specific to chinese culture yeah um the pressure just from how your family came over and the culture itself is such a huge, like 4.30 a.m., doing your homework. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to watch an hour's worth of here are these famous yeah. people and you're just going to watch and they're going to absorb and you're going to do this. And, it, and it's, it's, there's a kind of a militant mm-hmm. experience to it. But again, not that you necessarily know, yeah. but from an outside person yeah. going in. But when you, you know, I've lived in Asia um, and, and spent a lot of time there and, and watching these beautiful children and how they thrive, but yet it's in that same framework. Yeah. This is literally in a giant country mm-hmm. in a beautiful way, driving their children to excel. Yeah. And where like the American culture is like, let them find themselves, especially now in this yeah. day and age, let them experience, let them self-express. There's no room for that in the Chinese no. culture. It is pressure. It is this is the exact path, and mm-hmm. you will do everything you can, and you will accomplish this path. And you have to be the best at whatever you do mm-hmm. with that population. I mean, it's it's impossible. Right. Like, how are we supposed to be the best at something. Yeah, when there's a whole lot of people yeah. trying to do the same thing. Yeah, and I, I, I wasn't born a genius. I'm a normal person. So yeah. what, now what? Like, I've already failed at birth. Right. <laughs> I came out a failure. 
And whether you're a part of the Chinese culture or not, and whether you're an American citizen or from any other country, there's a lot of people that can relate to the pressure, mm-hmm. feeling like they're not enough, yeah. feeling like they have to live on a set of expectations, a, a framework that they have to you know, live for just mm-hmm. everything and everyone else, whether they're chasing the dream home or whether they're chasing the, 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 the label, they're chasing, you know, trying to right. be like the Joneses down the street, um, whatever it is. It's amazing the amount of pressure we all feel. Yeah. But yours is just such a crisp, clear, dis- clear defined yeah. way. But most people will feel it on some level. Yeah. Even through their beautiful... Um, happy home lives right. where they got to be free. It's, it could yeah. be self-inflicted at that point. Mm-hmm. So when I think of you and I think of how far you've come down this journey in just that piece alone, what do you feel like you could say to somebody, no matter what age, who's feeling like they're a disappointment, who feels like they're not enough, who mm-hmm. feels like they haven't lived up to what they should, whether it's self-inflicted should or whether it's parents or society inflicted, I should be more. What would you say to these people? I would say that every single person has felt that way at some point and probably still does. And I then, think most people don't feel like we're enough. Yeah. How have you worked to get out of it? How do I constantly still work for it is I figure out, I had to address that numbing pain or that that tightness in my stomach. I just felt ill for years. I've, I've, as you know, I literally got sick. Mm-hmm. I got extremely ill. Um, and I think when that had the, that was the most confronting thing. It was like, I am actually dying right now. What is the cause of this? Like, why do I just feel, although my life is looking more positive, it's great, I have a relationship and financially doing well, why do I still feel this weight? on my yeah. shoulders or in this tightness in my stomach. And that was some deep programming there. Yeah, I didn't, but I didn't know what that was. It was just, I was suffering. And what did you do? Uh, I called you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, sure, yes, you did. But what did you, what are some of the functions to get out of that? Like if you could kind of tell somebody who's like, hey, you're sitting at a coffee shop. Well, I, 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 would, I, I want to go back a little bit. I would say the, the way I handled the unhappiness is how I feel like most people do is with alcohol, drugs, mm-hmm. running in a bad circle, causing trouble, just numbing, distraction, distracting myself. And I was stunting my own progress. Um, I, I just didn't know what I wanted. So I think the first thing was like, oh, what am I lacking? And what do I want? So when I realized, okay, I want a healthy marriage. I want to be healthy. I want a great relationship with my parents. I don't want to live with this anger, resentment towards them. What, what does that serve? Like I'm just, keep, I keep carrying my past into the now and I'm not moving forward mm-hmm. and I'm actually getting sick. Mm-hmm. So I have to do something now. And we are all a product of all the choices we've made in our past, which is so obvious, but we don't, I don't think people think about that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I want to not be where I am now, I don't want to be this person, I'm going to have to change. You know, so who who do I want to be? What does that person look like? And my mindset now isn't going to get me there because my mindset is the reason I'm here right now, right. <laughs> unhappy. And one of the mindset shifts was like you had this very much, this is who I am because this is my culture and mm-hmm. this is just 
who I am. I think there was a time where I had to separate and really examine what things are, what belief systems do I have that are from my culture, my parents, and what are actually mine. Yeah. And also what my environment, who are, who are my friends. As you know, when you met me, I had some very unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. I was serial dating, um, didn't have some great female relationships. And those in retrospect, we're all distractions. Again, I look at those relationships as a sort of addiction, like drinking or drugs. It's the same similar thing where I could just be distracted by negativity and let me get myself into other people's shit so I don't have to worry about my own. Right. Or let me hang out with people who are far more fucked up than I am. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the first step for me was like, as you helped me with, like, let's clear out the negative. Let's clear out the obvious. Yeah. And that was not yeah. easy. So some human actions that yeah. I'm hearing from you is, specifically, I went on a negativity diet with the environment around me. I, I started to really change the framework yeah. of the energy of the people around me. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, that's not easy. because It was painful. Because there was this yeah. attachment to those relationships right. that felt like they were uh, meaningful and yeah. deep on a level, but as you took a step back, you realized how toxic they were, yeah, and how unhealthy they were. And neither one of you, you and the other people, were benefiting from it. No. And so that was like took a lot of courage mm-hmm. to clean up friends out yeah. of your life, and um, that you may have evolved from. But but it's not because they're bad people. No. It's just you've evolved into a different environment yes and so you just can't take the old environment into the new environment because it just muddies it or it clouds it or right and so but doing this process takes a lot of courage so for anyone who's kind of listening and going okay let me look at my friends the first step is courage Mm -hmm. strength because you're going to put yourself in a space where you're going to have to cut some people off yeah that process for you it's a it's an ongoing process as as you know because as somebody who is obsessed with progress and growth i mean we're just going to keep expanding and on a deeper level connecting with people who are Mm like-minded so as that happens so rapidly we're still met with people in our lives who are who boxed you in like no you're this person no, you can't do that. What are you doing? What do you mean you're healthy now? Let's go eat a fucking burger. Like, what do you, what do you mean you're not drinking? What do you, what do you mean? Let's talk shit. What do, what do you mean you're, who are you all of a sudden? Right. And they want to just pull you in back to who you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, started to realize it was just like, okay, I can't, as much as I love these people, this isn't serving me or them. Any, any of this negativity did you have conversations or did you kind of just Some. disappear in the to the distance there's see i am a ghoster there <laughs> i don't know if i'm proud of that there's all it's all it's all different right there's the people who i was even currently now who are kind of negative but i love them i have these long relationships it's like okay i am going to share that i'm you know i'm not just going to cut people off i'm close to but it's more like hey this is the kind of dialogue I want to have. I want to connect on a deeper level. I want to stay positive. I want to, and if, are you okay with this? Can you move forward with me? Mm. And if not, I love you. It's okay. And it, 
it's just I, I just give them a little less attention. So you know? so let's let's break that down one more step because that's yeah. a big thing that you said. Mm-hmm. It's it's really about there's certain people that are just so toxic and so heavy. Those are the people that if you tried to have this conversation, it's gonna fall on deaf ears or not even they're gonna look yeah. at you like you're speaking a different yeah. language and and it's just gonna be like Right. And, and and then there might be some negative. It, for those people, you kind of know, yeah. And you can let those go, and yes. they're going to be off doing their own thing anyway. Right. But the, the people you said that are close to you. In this, and for me, it's been people in my life, like my mom, or yeah. or close people like that, where right. I've had to have conversations. And what you're saying is the same thing. It's like, listen, this is exactly the kind of experience I want to have with you. Mm-hmm. I want to have these kinds of positive conversations. I want to have this kind of fun energy, this beautiful collaboration. If you're open to this, I would love to continue to yeah. keep growing our relationship and moving it forward. Yeah. If you're not, it is okay. Yeah. But no, this is the framework I have to live in now yeah. to honor me. And there's been people who have taken you up on that and have truly evolved. Yes. People have stepped up and it's, and it's, again, I don't meet them with criticism. There's no, like, I'm, there's no, I'm better than you. There's none of that. It's just like, this is where I'm, what I'm doing. This is where I am. And mm-hmm. I want to attract people who inspire me, who motivate me, people who really give me like energy mm-hmm. um, and other people, cause we're so busy. So when I have any time that's not that I have to purposely set aside that's not work. Like I want to be with my husband, I want to be with my parents and I'd be with whomever I feel I can really, you know, we can make this connection, I can support them and they can support me. Yeah, support this positivity, support this yeah. evolution, support Absolutely. this. And there's been some really fantastic people in your life. And, yeah. and when you get into these conversations, you don't know which way they're gonna go. That's I the scary part. <laughs> But to be so yeah. beautifully surprised, not only have you used so much courage and strength to step up. Yeah. And again, it's not, you said it's not criticism, but it's just for people to really hear it again. Yeah. It's just describing, Lisa, this is exactly what I visualize or see yeah. the most magical relationship with you can be like. Yeah. You know, and it can be as like, I want to, when I go to coffee with you, I want to celebrate all the positive people. Yeah. When we talk about music, I only want to talk about how amazing the projects are going and how positive i want to just elevate our experience and only create magic from it that's in essence what you're doing that's not criticism and you're saying that but i'm telling up people who are listening they they have to understand the courage comes but then the huge win when people go okay i'm in who doesn't want that yeah but but it's, it hasn't been that easy. I mean, no. there are people when I when I share like this is can we I want this new direction, they read into it like oh so you're saying I'm this 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 this. Right. I'm like no I haven't said any of that. <laughs> but that's the self yeah. um, insecurity. That's yeah. the self like what's wrong with me and 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 but that's not yours to own. No, it's not. And it's another big lesson I've learned very recently is that as much as I absolutely love the people around me, I can no longer be accountable for any of them. I'm, I'm, I always want to offer support and love, um, possibly from a distance if necessary, but I can only be accountable for myself. You know, so I'm, I'm, and with practice, it's become really, really easy. Like those, the people who are, it's been magical recently, the people who, they're going to vibrate on your level. They're going to appear. And the ones who want to stay in their space, they're just going to stay in their space. That's yeah. it. 
And it doesn't mean that they can never come back into your world. Right. They're all, everybody is always welcome. There's always a new relationship to, to start with somebody from your past. Right. You know? So let's talk about parents. The toughest one of those where you've had, I know you've had conversations. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's been times you've been pleasantly surprised. Yeah. At the reaction to some of this new framework, right? Yes. And there's times they revert. Mm -hmm. Have you had to have reminder conversations like, hey, remember, this is really all I want to have with you? There, there is that, and, but there's also, I realize that where, how I approach it is so important. Mm -hmm. My intention has to be clear before I enter into any of these conversations. I can't go in with, the hell is wrong with you? Like, why are you still, which, you know, we're still you, human. You've got, you've got that I in you. I still have that. Like, I just want to, I want to shake people sometimes. <laughs> like, are you, do you hear what's coming in your mouth right now? Are you serious? And then it's like, okay, okay. Yeah. That's not going to get, that's not going to elicit any good reaction from anybody. Mm -hmm. But when I come from, hey, like, I just think this would be so great for us together if we do this. Like, mm -hmm. don't you want this better life? Don't, don't you want this experience? If you, when you frame it as like, it's, it's us, not like I'm better than you, like what I have. You know, it's, it has to be we. Mm -hmm. We, let's do this together. Like, we're in it. I, I felt, I found that every time that it's like that. Um, you kind of do get what you want yeah. and they come on board. With that being said, yeah. that was a huge part of healing the, yeah. the stuff that was going on with you, right? Mm -hmm. Especially, specifically parents because yeah. a lot of it rested there, right? And some of that feeling of a constant disappointment, right. not enough feeling, this feeling of just, I have to, to, to constantly push and move right. and even some of the frustra frustration and resentment. Yeah. In the past, right? And some of these actions were huge, yeah. like actual human actions. Right. Talk about how um, visualization work or medita meditative work have been a part of your life and how that's shifted some of these releasing of the things that cause the sickness. I, well, working with you with visualization, visual, I still cannot pronounce it, visualization is the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. I jump out of bed and I put on your visualization. Yeah. First thing, because when that in that clear space, I've just you know rested. There's nothing in my brain yet, mm -hmm. so I think it's so important to just imagine what you want to accomplish that day. Like, who do you see yourself being that day? What are the interactions you're going to have um, as a musician? What am I going to create? You know, what who am I going to network with? Who, how is my evening going to be with my husband when he comes home from work? Mm -hmm. Like what time, that time is so important to me. It's the most important time of the day for me is at the end of the day when I'm with him. Mm -hmm. So what do I have to accomplish all day in order to have that wonderful personal time? Right. So that to me is like just 30 minutes in the morning, viz, meditation, um, alone time, mm -hmm. just setting the day. Yeah. And then, and I would say another time in the day, couple of times throughout the day, I will reset. It could be just like a short 10 minute walk where I just adjust. Mm -hmm. I reflect on what did I accomplish today? Okay. I just spent 30 minutes looking at like puppies and food on Instagram. <laughs> Shit. You know, okay. Now I, you know what I mean? And, and I have now it's 2 PM. 
I still have a whole day left. What do I have to do now? Mm-hmm. So there's that constant reassessment of where I am. Yeah. And the and- visualization is, I, I've, the days I have not done that, there's a, there's a, there's, I, I see how I'm not productive that day. Disconnecting yourself. Yeah. Disconnect and productivity. I'm kind of being pulled in other people, whatever other people's directions, like mm-hmm. whatever they want for me. I'm just like this body. Right. So to paint this picture of these things, because yeah. there's not a lot, there's no magical thing. You didn't go some far off place and figure something out. There's been no big aha moment that mm-hmm. woke you up. You were in a truly a grind yeah. through your life. Even the even the health stuff was more of a um, the final push to yeah. really move you to the next level. Yeah. But you were already on your way. Yeah. And you'd already done a ton of work. So even the health stuff wasn't necessarily an aha moment, but it was a okay. Yeah. Are you gonna really let this stuff go or not? Yeah. You know what to do. But are you really? What's gonna be more important? Holding on to these paradigms or these frameworks, or being healthy? Yeah. And so that was a push for sure, but it wasn't an aha, I, I don't believe, right? No. So, <clears throat> but you leave, you're playing in bands, you're doing that. How did you get to Hollywood? My, my life was just, like you said, it was just a routine. I, I woke up, gig, shitty dating life, sleep, same thing every day. And it was like, I was in my 20s, I'm like, what am I, is this it? this is it my parents were visiting me in New York weekly because my mom even when I was in pre-college at Juilliard teaching those students every weekend she kept those relationships so they were visiting me bringing me food every week but then they retired um, and moved to California which is where they always wanted to be so now I was late 20s just darkest period of of my life I think Mm. Um, and I was it's like, I, I'm just going to go check out California for a minute because what do I have here? Right. You know, I was in a relationship, but it wasn't right. You know, I was, you know, it's on the surface, my life looked amazing, but it didn't reflect how I was feeling inside. Mm-hmm. So I just came out here, didn't know anybody. They were like, we can support you. They were happy. But then after about two months, they realized that supporting an adult is not that cheap. Right. <laughs> When we're retired on top of that. And they were retired. Like yeah. I had, you know, I had a mortgage. I, I, I just have expenses. So within a couple months, they were like, you have to get a job out here. And thinking like, I've got three degrees from Juilliard. I couldn't get shit for two years. Like I was on Craigslist constantly. Nobody would hire me because they're like, you're overqualified. I'm like, am I really? I can't even get a cleaning job what like I can't I have no skills other than playing the violin wow that was my identity and that doesn't do a whole lot and I in the real world like I, I couldn't do an excel spreadsheet I couldn't pick up calls I just no skills other than playing the violin wow useless it's like my fancy but useless Juilliard degrees I'm so sorry I'm not insulting Maybe I am insulting. You know what? <laughs> I don't know. Well, if we take, if we just, again, 
think of the container. It's it's more of a reality. Yeah. It's not necessarily an insult. It's the fact that you have three really high level degrees. You have all this experience. Yeah. You truly have abilities when it comes to being able to play this violin. Right. But yet your real life experience mm-hmm. and how you can make it. Yeah. Those things really didn't contribute to any of that. No, it's it it, it doesn't teach you, you know, these discrete degrees as great of an education as I got just playing the violin. It doesn't translate like how do I pay my rent? How yeah. do I make a living? Did you ever think about and this is just me off the cuff here. Did you ever think about like playing in on the street or in the subway or anything like that? I considered it. Yeah. Yeah, that considered would be kind it. of interesting. I still consider just going, sitting on a corner with a sign saying, hey, yeah, little coaching, you know, come spend time with me. Yeah. <laughs> just for fun. Like, yeah. Just because it's a, the most random. Venice Beach. No, yeah. I've, I've, I've considered it. Yeah. So then what happened? What, that two, I know you, you were doing some teaching, right? I did a little um, <laughs> teaching, driving all over the place. The teaching did not cover my gas. Wow. And my parents were paying my rent. It, I was just L.A. and I hadn't, I hadn't driven until I moved to L.A. So that was terrifying. Wow. Um, driving here and there, making twenty dollars in a day. I mean, it was it was horrible. Um, but I was I've always just been optimistic. I'm always always felt like I'm paying my dues, paying my dues, and and I knew even that I didn't have any resources except my, my parents thankfully um i had to keep going out and meeting people just constant you know because that's everything is your network right your relationships so then what how did that happen like where did you finally get into like the industry if you will i, I, was, I was just playing you know, a lot of casual gigs meaning background music weddings and through there through there i would meet other musicians who would just keep referring me and you know and that network expands and eventually I ended up getting into the Hollywood studios, which I was very fortunate. It was, it was, um, since I moved there, I knew that's where all the musicians wanted to be was right. in the studios. It's uh, a nice paycheck. It's sure. fancy. You could say you're part of this movie. Yeah. So just to clarify what that means for people who aren't, mm-hmm. um, aware of that scene, okay. um, a movie gets finished. Right. Yeah. And it, and then there's a whole orchestra playing, mm-hmm. and then music's got to get laid down. Yep. Onto the whole movie. Yep. And it's that's what of, you're talking about, yeah, right? Yes, the final piece. Final piece, and so right. there's a composer who writes right the whole thing, mm-hmm. and then you have music in front of you now, and as the movie's playing, you're playing yes along with the music and adding the, the score the score to the actual. So when something dramatic happens, it's like, you know, people don't really realize how much music is a part of how you experience a movie, but that's, that's it. When you're in Hollywood and you're a violinist, if you can get into the, to the session work, we call it, right? Um, that's, you've got some good money now. It was, and then. (laughs) What age though? Just real quick. What age was that? Uh, I moved to LA when I was 30, so probably by 32 I was working. Okay. Like a little bit here and there. So then what was the ad? But then. Gosh. So, so I, you know, again, looking back, it's like, how much of this is because it's somebody else's path? Because this is the path I wasn't supposed to do. I'm supposed to get in the Hollywood studios, and here I am. But now, 
when I, I made it, I was very fortunate, again, very blessed to be referred mm-hmm. by people and working for contractors in town and other composers. But then sitting in a room full of people, and I'm, I'm, and these are great experiences, like getting to play mm-hmm. on like Star Wars is an exception. But with other movies and TV shows, again, I realized it wasn't any different from sitting in a symphony. Because you're not the free spirit you get to be. Not a free spirit, but I'm even less than playing. I don't want to. I'm anonymous. Right. I mean, so I'm looking at my colleagues who are just like yeah. walking around just really arrogant, but I'm like, you're just the warm body who owns an instrument and you didn't necessarily even audition to be here. You kind of just like censoring, um, <laughs> found other means of getting right. in here. It's, it became a very a political game where I'm just watching people social climb to get work. It's, it had nothing to do with your ability. It was all about kind of the politics, who you know, who, you, who know? you can step on. Who are you hanging out with? Who do you send presents to? Who are you mm. just like super cozy with? And it, it was not about the music at all. Mm-hmm. When we're, again, we're, we weren't creating anything. Right. You were just playing what's, on, what's mm-hmm. in front of you. So we meet about this time. Yes. I ha- actually, I hadn't even started the studio stuff yet. I was doing some live TV playing, like uh, American Idol and The Voice. Really? Yeah, that's when I met you. I hadn't even started studio work. That. Huh. So one of the things that I really enjoy about the work we've been able to do, is, and it's really all your work, I just tell the space, um, which is what I do for anybody. And all the people who actually do something with this work, man, they go off. So just to paint the kind of the picture where you're at now, you're a composer. You've scored movies. Mm -hmm. You're a contractor, and the contractor actually hires. Yeah. And you've done, um, what is this, the Disney Music Hall? Uh, Yes. You've contracted for Zelda. Yep. Uh, It's Zelda, the old game, and and they they did this thing where they took the actual, all the music from Zelda, and they made it real live into this setting, which was amazing. And you contracted the entire orchestra, Right. right? You've done some huge things, even as a soloist. Yeah. And you've, um, you've played privately for, uh, what's her name? Oh, yeah. I, I, I did it with Natalie Portman in her home. Yeah. And then you've done some, you performed with some bands and yeah. done some things like that, right? So where you're at today, and you've also started another business, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is pretty cool. Um, and so now you have, because contracting alone is its own business. Right. Composing is a business. Yes. Session work is a business. Mm-hmm. Solo work is a business. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. then you have this outside business. Yes. That's five mm-hmm. so far. The growth that you've experienced has been amazing. And true to your nature and your, your, the, the, the way you've been beautifully programmed is like just a machine almost on some mm-hmm. levels. Initially, when we started working together, it was like very machine regimented yeah. and still fighting your own humanness. But where you're at today and where you're headed, which is a whole nother level than even where we're at now, um, because there's some, some really cool things in the works, some really good opportunities in the works. Um, What do you think about now? Because to to, kind of lead you into this, because I want you to talk about 
how you live now. Yesterday we were sitting out and we were just talking about the magic and we were talking about what, what's the, what, how you interact with people. Talk about that piece that's so far away from the politics and the rat race and the ego and stepping on people and, and right. fighting for positions. Kind of tell me your space now. Um, about a year ago, I quit working for most people. It started with um, my most like day-to-day work. I just realized I was in a very toxic environment. And again, it was a realization that you know my environment is influencing my health, my well-being. Um, when you're when you're not healthy, you can't dream. You can't think about what you want. So I, I, I had to go through another cleansing period of like what is not what's not serving me right now. And it wasn't so much about the people; it was more about just the environment being so limiting to yeah. what you really, where you wanted to go. That's definitely the people too. <laughs> I'm gonna, it's people. People are the environment, but yeah. Sure. But yes, I understand. I was um, trying to help you out a little bit. There. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. Um, so yeah. So yeah, and then and then what? I I had to go through a little bit of a grieving period, mm. and. Again, every few years, it's like, okay, where am I right now? I never want to be in this routine. That's when I feel like if we're not growing, we're dying. Mm -hmm. So I felt like, okay, I'm just doing the same thing every day. It was exciting for a couple of years. Then I realized, like, same thing happened in New York. First couple of years out of college, I was working. It was exciting. And then I was, a couple of years later, I'm like, okay, I'm doing the exact same thing, seeing the exact same people. Nobody hears growing or changing it just seems it's just stunted yeah and i had to understand that it, this was it if i chose this path i continued down this path so i i'm a very as you know i I'm, i go full in when i do anything i i just go full in i just quit my job immediately i didn't even think twice about it which is a big leak because that was a major source of your finances it was most of my source of finances, but I knew that if I continued here, this is, this is all it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Whereas I know that I have my ability to step away, have a little grieving period of like, who am I? What have I, what have I done? You know, can I go back? Um, and, and releasing all of that energy, I began to rec- like rebuild myself rewire, reprogram, whatever it is, mm-hmm. to think, okay. Through the visualization work. Through, absolutely, through visualization. Okay. With, okay, who's new Lisa that I want to create? Mm-hmm. What's that life that I want in five years, 10 years, 20 years? And I've got to become that person who's going to get me that life. Because mm-hmm. she isn't here now. Right. And part of you that know? was an entrepreneur. Yep. Businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Not just a player, but a, a true businesswoman. Yeah. Um, multifaceted. Mm-hmm. And that took not only daily programming, because you didn't feel super confident no. that you could even be a businesswoman. We talk about Excel spreadsheets. That was a, that was a thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I got to figure out how, <laughs> how to, to turn work, on my computer. How to work these <laughs> things. And then when you start talking about um, the other opportunities, and we'll talk about those, I mean, you literally had to learn everything real time. Oh, I feel like I was making up for maybe 15 years of, 20 years of not being an adult. Right. Because when you're in session work, you're just playing. All the technology is there for you. All the mics are set. All the things are done. 
There's, you don't you're need kind to, of mindless. You kind yeah. of just go in, open your case, play. They literally ring a bell when there's a break. Mm-hmm. And you can be like, oh, I can use my body for myself. Like, well, right. I don't know. And then there's a buzzer to come back in. <laughs> I'm like, what? What is this? Like, right. what? <laughs> so to, to share, and, and you've already given me permission um, mm-hmm. ahead of time to share whatever. And, and not that we're going to share it deep, but we'll share specific. And mm-hmm. specifically... When you and I started talking about, well, who are you other than just this? What out there looks like it makes sense? And we talked about you becoming a colleague to some of the people you really looked up to. And you're like, that's not possible. Yeah. Like, this person is so big. They do so much. There's no yeah. way I'm a colleague. I'm just a, a grunt yeah. in your mind. That's yes. really kind of the essence of what you were trying to yeah. say. I'm like, oh, no. And so we did a visualization that designed you not only to see yourself at that level mm-hmm. and, and colleague with these beautiful people, yeah. but then specifically looking at the different hats that you are now going to create and wear, contracting, right. composing. And we visualized you looking at all these pieces of like a pie. The whole pie, mm-hmm. Lisa Liu's pie, has this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. But now we're feeding each piece separately. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're going, okay, I'm going to visualize this contract. And what can I do today to feed that in action? But energetically, how can I continue to breathe that into my body and believe it and mm-hmm. feel like this is possible? And the same thing with composing and, and the mm-hmm. same thing with more solo work and specific solo work mm-hmm. that you wanted to do. And at this point, there was nothing on the radar. No. There, were, you, there was no reality in your everyday life, that there was any like contracting coming, <laughs> any of these no, other things? No, I was still getting, and I still am getting these work calls, and it, it's been an exercise of saying no to income that I wasn't receiving. Mm-hmm. Like I was choosing to turn down a lot of work and money daily mm-hmm. to, in order to serve my greater self, my mm-hmm. newer self. Um, it was it was like tearing a band aid, right. um, and I, you know, I literally draw a pie. Every week, I draw a pie on a piece of paper and I put out all those aspects of myself that I won't need to give attention to throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the beginning, it was it was so difficult. It was like, right. who am I? Like, how like, can I be? How ridiculous am I to think that this is a possibility? Who the hell am I? And of course, again, there were the naysayers who are people closest to you. They're like, mm-hmm. you can't do all these things. Choose one. You're gonna. You can't do more than one thing. Mm-hmm. You're gonna. You're gonna fail at all of them. And mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? And it was. Again, I had to keep reflecting on my friendships, and like, that's not serving me. Maybe, or maybe they're right. <laughs> maybe I'm just gonna fail. I don't know. You know. So, eliminating the neg- the negative, drawing the pie, and I visualize every day, what I'm going to accomplish in each, piece of the pie. And what you want to draw in. Like literally when you breathe a breath in, Mm -hmm. you visualize yourself pulling in more contracting work, pulling in a composing job. And I'm visualizing the actual people I want to call me. Mm. I visualize the people I want to interact with. I, when I see a a call come in, I, 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 for this brief second, I'm like, what is my attention behind this call? What do I, what do I want the outcome to be of this call? Mm -hmm. And I look for the good. I look for positive. I don't. I don't look for like, ah, shit. You know, it's like, this is going to be awesome. And I pick up. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm always searching for. Yeah. And the negative, and I think I asked you yesterday, I don't know if the negative is 
still there or if I just don't see it anymore. Mm-hmm. When you, know? you have the volume turned up so much on yeah. positive intention and just positivity in general, literally that that negative energy, which will always exist in mm-hmm. our, because it's a part of human consciousness and we're always going to have human yeah. consciousness with us. It's so, it's, it's so drowned out. Yeah. And so far away yeah. that it really does feel like it's not there anymore. Well, there's just no space for it. I don't have time. There isn't. And your, in your, in, when you're pulling this stuff in, there's really no space. Yeah. But I remember you were working, working, working. And I'm like, be patient. Trust in this process. You got to feel it in your cellular. You got to trust mm-hmm. in your bigger self. And then a door opened. And two doors opened pretty close to each other. A soloist opportunity mm-hmm. and a contracting job. Yeah. And at that point, you still didn't exactly know how to be a businesswoman. But I'm like, okay, you got this. Here's the, you know the fundamentals. You know the people. You know what you want. Let's stay focused. You're going to have to step up and learn some things, but you, you've got this. And you just like, and you were afraid to make phone calls, and you were afraid oh, yeah. to, to um, work the numbers and talk money and pricing. I mean, there was a lot. And then you had, and so we had separate work that goes, okay, I can do this. This is me. I, I can own myself. I can own my experience. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and there's a lot of magic, but it's in simplicity. Like if you really, yeah. if we were really to break down a lot of the work, I mean, you literally just go, oh, not used to adopting new things. Okay. I got to yeah. visualize that I'm okay. I can, I can learn anything. Yeah. I can do anything. And that was just at a basic level. Right. That was a cool shift. I think that's, again, I think everybody gets overwhelmed with the daily tasks we have to do. You know, especially as an entrepreneur, it's it's infinite the amount of things we have to do, and like, oh my God, it's going to cost this, and all of a sudden things appear you didn't know you had to do mm-hmm. or pay mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. And so, I something that you told me that it sticks with me is there's nothing bigger than me. Mm. There's nothing bigger than me. And what is it that I want? You know, if if you if you look at like, okay, I want to be married someday. You don't look at the little details of all the arguments you're going to have and all that. You just, you picture that ideal relationship. So again, I was like, what's the ideal career or opportunity that I want? I'm going to think of that. All the details are, they're there, but what's that big picture that you want? Mm -hmm. What is it? Yeah. And what little things can I do on a daily basis just to to move that forward a little bit? And it doesn't have to be huge. It's just daily actions. Speaking of relationships, that was a great one. That was... For me, one of the biggest joys, because that was something, after you had worked through the initial framework of your business and your life and your career, and you were starting to get the contracting stuff now, and you were starting to open up some other possibilities, solo work, you're like, okay, I think I'm ready for for a relationship. I'm like, oh, yes. Remember that? That was a a big one. (laughs) And we literally talked through what you felt about it and and some of the things and and what sticking points you had, what realities you had about it. Mm -hmm. And and we got you into a really cool, clear space. You got yourself into a really cool, clear space of intention and clarity. And then we did a visualization for that. Yeah. And it was less than a month. It was pretty fast. And all of a sudden, and this guy that you're now is your husband, I love this dude. He's one of the coolest dudes. It still makes me laugh that I, I am even in a relationship because yeah. <laughs> it's a whole other podcast, but like yeah. a s- single forever. And he's so you beautiful yeah. and he's so kind and yeah. he's so loving. I'm tearing up. Yeah, I know. It's so beautiful. And opposite of you in a lot of ways. But Completely. so perfect for you <laughs> yeah. in that way. 
and I liken you and I's relationship um, with my partner Nikki and your yeah. your partnership with your um, with your husband. Um, I like they're very similar. Like we're the very high alpha achievers. Like go go go. Yeah. Do anything. Yep. We always have twenty hours of work we could do in a day, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. And and Nikki and your husband um, are so happy, just being. It's so annoying, isn't it? It's so fucking annoying. <laughs> I'm like, like I, I have to work so, to be that. happy. I work so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I work to be that happy. Yeah. Like I actually have to to visualize and work. Yeah. And people think because I'm really happy and positive now, but it yeah. was work because yeah. I was a miserable, you know. Yeah. Just idiot and that's not judgment that's reality i was doing a lot of choices that were completely self-suffering i had to work Mm -hmm. to get to work and i have to work to maintain the joy the happiness the love the positivity the patience the acceptance of people i have to work every day at that and that's always a part of my visualization meanwhile your husband nikki they're just like "Hmm, everyone's beautiful life is Amazing life like, is just happy. I literally roll over and I'll, if I'll, I'll like touch him, he just wakes up and smiles. And there's like a joke that comes out. And sometimes I just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> you know, it's like he's so happy and endearing. It's like, yeah, it's his and Nikki. Like it's mm-hmm. just their their being. Mm-hmm. It's, they're so joyful. And it's like, okay, what can we learn from them? A hundred percent. She's been a great teacher for me. Yeah, I used to be just impatient. Mm. I'm, I'm just like, let's go, let's go. Like, why are you moving as fast as me? Let's go. Mm-hmm. We have shit to do. And I always felt like he was, I don't want to say pulling me back, but you know, in a, in a way it was because I just, you know, we're both like rocket ships, mm-hmm. but with him, it was like, he's just so, he lives in the moment. Mm, present. He's just here. There's mm. no urgency ever. There's just like, we're just, ha- we're just having, having coffee. Like what, what? We're sitting here. Like, what does it need to be done? And I went like, no, let's go do. Th-. He's like, no, we're just we're we're sitting yeah. here. Great gift. Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest gifts I think you've received from this work is that experience and being taught so much by that framework. Mm-hmm. Because there is a side of you and me too where we have to be really present and really happy in the now yeah. and with the beingness that we are. And so, and fortunately, I don't ever feel like driven nuts by those traits in Nikki yeah. because I, I look at them like, and when I first, I'm like, whoa, I'm like, oh, this is how I'm supposed to be. Like, that's something to work towards. Yeah. And so um, I really look up to that. And um, as you continue to evolve, you'll look at those and instead of being this frustration, part of the frustration is like, like, I don't have that. Like that's part of your frustration. And then part of your frustration is like, there's no reason to be this way. And that's your old school. (laughs) Like Lisa, you know, there's gotta be a reason to be this or be that. And so but you'll you'll continue to evolve. But, but it's a lot of it like we we're not gonna be happy until we achieve this. No, right. we we need this to be happy. But yeah. but it's we have to be happy now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So those morning moments, you're like, how dare you? We haven't how even dare done anything. You? Like, what are you proud of? <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone, and I've actually worked with quite a few people on attracting mates in their lives, and this was a huge one for you. And then the, that's when the ball started really rolling because you had then used the yeah. visualization work and you saw the real reality um, of the contracting opening up, the solo work opening up, your partner opening up, and then let's go bigger. And that mm-hmm. was another level for you, which took another level. And then you got a composing job. Yeah. 
And you got one that was like your warm-up. Yeah. And then you got a recent one that was a rom-com, really cool, beautiful film, and you scored it. Yeah. And the reason why I talk about this, and, and while the whole process of getting it is really amazing, I want you to really just speak to how you've used your abilities to pull in, and you talked about a word yesterday called limitless. Yeah. And even the the, the T, the tag oh on gosh. the T says you are unlimited, which yeah. is brilliant, perfect for today. Talk about instant downloads. Talk about feeling limitless, and and how you've been able to use this work to really be limitless. I think when I, again, when we realize that we're living in a framework that other people have designed for us, mm-hmm. and that's daily, like you, job, home, everything. Um, when I when when I quit, I was like, wait, I don't know. There's no, there's no box that I belong in. There are no boxes. There are no rules. Mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want. I'm so fortunate to, to be in, you know, where we are in this day and time. And in, 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 I'm in California. Amazing life. We can do anything we want, truly. Um, and the only thing that prevents any of us from doing it is our own mind. Mm-hmm. We are our own obstacle. You know. So I think with that. I had so much resistance towards learning anything new because I'm like, I'm just a violinist. That's all I do. That's my, my identity. When it's like, no, I, that's just the skill that I have. Mm-hmm. So when I realized that and I was confronted with things like I have to learn new technology or... Pro Tools. All of these things are... What was the other one? Logic? Logic or... These are complicated programs for people who don't know. Like Yeah. Or, or, or not even that, just now learning about life insurance and like Mm -hmm. adult things like just just adulting Mm -hmm. and thinking that okay every time I learn something I let go of resistance it's still there but let go of it I take on a task it's never as bad as you think Mm -hmm. and every little challenge just it became an addiction like every day I want to be challenged I want to be uncomfortable I want to feel a little bit scared because that means I'm learning something I'm growing Mm -hmm. You know, so every new task was like, give, okay, bring it, just give it to me. What, mm-hmm. is, what is this new thing? Yeah, I'm going to learn this now. Yeah. You know, and with that, I started really attracting new experiences, new people into my world that I've never thought I would be able to have a conversation with because I felt too small or dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not smart enough to sit here and talk to a patent lawyer or, a, 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 you know, a, or a doctor or as a friend, I'm just like, I'm just a stupid musician. And that was just an identity I put on myself. Mm-hmm. And when you realize, you know, we don't have any limitations except for what you choose to tell yourself you're limited by, right. you can do anything you want. And it's freeing. Like we are all free. You know? Yeah, 100%. percent free. I'm with you because I'm just like, yes. And so when you adopt these new skills and you mm-hmm. pull these in you said something really cool it releases resistance yeah in you of something some way you continue to realize how big you are in this world right and how much you can really do anything yeah and that is um just profound yeah and how that's allowed you to tap into this bigger consciousness is even when you think about composing and writing music there was a time where we did an exercise where you played the violin. Yeah. And you just played a piece of music. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, now I want you to 
call the notes in from a different place, breathe the notes in, feel the notes before you play them, feel the texture of, of the bow, feel yourself, feel every movement. And then I want you to breathe and, and flow the notes through you. Mm-hmm. And that moment was a pretty cool moment you had. Yeah. And all it is is intention. All it is right. is becoming bigger and yeah. feeling the notes on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And that stepped you into really learning how to compose because you had to feel, well, what does this scene feel like? What does it sound like from this bigger place? And you were actually calling in music from a bigger framework. I wasn't, I, I lost that when I started playing studio work. I lost it. I just became the actual physical machine that plays notes and doesn't think or feel or create. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was an automaton. So a big part of me leaving was recognizing that my, my actual playing was suffering. I didn't feel creative anymore. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to channel anything. I just... Right. Um, so to bring that back... It's a skill. It takes work. It's a skill. But when you have that creativity, that's what really helped me expand into other areas. Mm-hmm. Where it just felt like I need to know what... I, I want to know how I want to feel, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. my goal is... What do I want to feel? Mm-hmm. Not what do I want to do? Right. Not, Even now your yeah. relationships, you were saying the other yesterday that no. you used to have this framework where, okay, if I'm going to talk to this person, how can they move my career forward? How can they help me? What yeah. is this? What is that? That's Hollywood. Yeah. And, and now you're like, whether it's a barista, whether it's a person in the parking lot, yeah. <laughs> whether it's somebody that you may be in the industry or not, you're now having interactions just yeah. for the sake of creating a positive magical experience with somebody in a moment because that's what i want i realize that's what i I wake up i want to have connections with people Mm -hmm. i want to have meaningful conversations it doesn't matter what i'm looking for that connection Mm -hmm. i'm not looking at their status their appearance like who they are what they do Mm -hmm. it doesn't that doesn't matter anymore even now contracting same Mm -hmm. concept same thing you want to bring a group of people together because of their magic their energy their connection their mindfulness their beingness not just because they're this status, that status, this yeah. this position, or this puts a good play as far as politically in your system. Yeah, I, 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 that, that all feels, I want to be around people who I'm having an authentic connection with, people who really want to contribute. Mm-hmm. And I want to give people the space to be able to play and contribute. Mm. You know, um, and I'm attracting new, wonderful people into my life and that I that I absolutely love and, and I'm also attracting my old friends with their old behaviors who are seeing that this is a great state to be in. Right. And they, in they're choosing to say, okay, how did you do that? What can, Mm -hmm. what can I do? And now, so the influencer now that you are truly in Hollywood, truly in this realm of music and in, in other areas with your other business, I, this is all amazing. And I'm really excited to see where you take this because yeah. it's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And, and there's, there's the next level that comes for you. And, and this is more of a reminder based on yesterday. It's like you have to breathe bigger. You have to feel the constant feed mm-hmm. of energy coming towards you. Continue to play in the magic space because everyone you meet authentically, everyone you meet with this magic and this energy, they create a little... Um, spirals of energy that create more magnification of the greater magic and then that fuels bigger projects bigger uh composing bigger soloist work bigger this bigger that everything in your life now is about to go to an even bigger level 
and all and and I love that you came here to visit and that we've gotten to share on a much deeper level because um, you can feel what that feels like. Yeah. And I'm excited to watch where that goes, um, and I'm really happy um, for you. Real quick, how how would people find you? Um, LisaLeoMusic.com. Yes. And then what's your Instagram account? At Lil Rubot. <laughs> so uh, it's at L-I-L-R-O-O-B-O-T. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, I thank you so much. I'm so happy to share this time with you. I love you. And yeah, I really appreciate everything. Thank you. I mean, I, I don't even know how to thank you enough <laughs> for everything. That's like, again, a whole other episode of me just thanking you for all the things <laughs> the past yeah. seven years. But yeah. um, I, I cannot wait to see what happens in the next seven years yeah. for both of us. Yeah, it's pretty you know? amazing. Yeah. And thank you for some, everything. Thank for you for having me here. Words. Yeah.